Welcome back to Casted, our podcast here at ITU, where we try to talk about popular science issues related to the foundations of IT. My name is Toro Husfeld, I'm your host, and our guest today is Espen Olseth, who is a professor here at ITU, a professor of game study. Espen, welcome to the show. Thank you. So, game study, tell us what that is. Right. Uh, what it is isn't this? Yes. Game studies, uh, that is a uh, field, an interdisciplinary uh, field of, of research uh, that looks at games from a fair amount of angles. So it could be a humanistic focus, it could be a pedagogical focus, it could be a design focus, it could be a social science focus, uh, perhaps psychology is involved. Uh, there are, of course, also uh, things outside of game studies, uh, I'm happy to <laughs> report. Uh, people who are looking at games but would not see themselves as doing game studies. Uh, but they would find interesting things in the uh, field or, or phenomena of games, which they would study from some other uh, angle. So let me go in there already. Uh, so phenomenon of games. Games is here, what should I think of? Poker, golf, Super Mario, Tetris, uh, playing in the schoolyard? Yes. All of it? For me, it's, it's, it makes no sense to distinguish too sharply um, uh, or, or limit uh, or, or exclude some types of games. So I would, I would be happy to look at all the things that we would call games because I don't think there can be sharp distinctions here and uh, perhaps if we make it, try to make the sharp distinctions then we will not be able to capture tomorrow's games for instance. So, right. so for me it would include uh, sports as well. It would include sports? Oh yes. Absolutely. Um, which also today are a digital uh, activity, right? There is electronic sports. Right. Um, but I'm not making a mistake by thinking of this primarily as computer games or board games? Uh, I would not personally... Uh, I don't see the distinction between uh, the digital and non-digital as, as very uh, conducive to uh, analytic research. I, I, I think it's a problem rather than a solution. Yeah, that part I understand. Right. So I can see yeah. why a modern board game and a computer game are in some sense the same thing. Yes. But golf seems to be something different. But we can talk about... I, I don't, I don't yeah. understand what right. is... Certainly some of modern computer games have some kind of story, which mm -hmm. golf doesn't... Or the story in golf is rather sure, boring. Sure, sure, the, sure. the story in chess is right. always the same, that, that the king if gives If there up. is a story in chess. Yeah, if there's a, if there's a story about kings in chess and there is one in Macbeth. And, and there is one in video games, well, I but would, the stories uh, are different. I would say that the concepts that you would apply if, uh, to make that uh, work analytically uh, is, is very different. So uh, whatever story might mean when we talk about chess would be very different from what the story might mean when we talk about Macbeth. Uh, yeah. Except that both have kings in them. <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. yeah uh, and that, but, that is, but a king is not a story element. See, that's exactly what I want to right. learn from you about, right. because okay. the, these, the, I'm sure there are interesting mm. concepts to be learned here. And, and there, I guess, we are in the part of game studies that is very, that emerges from literature studies or narratology or yeah, linguistics. You could, you could say that. Uh, where game studies come from is, is also kind of hard to describe, but uh, you could say that very many of the very early uh, contributors were from literature. In fact, the first contributors to the academic field, yes, not to yeah. the construction of video games. That is right. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so uh, I guess psychology was probably the first uh, main contributor. Uh, and then you had a large influx from uh, literary studies. This has to do with the fact that in the early days of computer games, uh, there were uh, a number of games that were textual. So the, the literary uh, critics and literary theorists looked, looked at these as a kind of literature and therefore they went into it. But of course now we are so talking... So is this text adventures in the 70s yes. and 80s? Yes, exactly. They, they, were, they were among the first uh, computer games that captured the, the attention of humanists in particular and so that's why by, by virtue of being cultural artifacts by virtue of being textual by basically. virtue of being textual and therefore literary in some sense uh, or at least potentially interesting as literature uh, no, okay. no, nobody saw the early adventure games as particularly interesting as literature, but they saw the potential that it could become so. And of course... Uh, that would be true for literature as well, I guess. The first literature was crap as well. I don't from, think from, that is fair to no? say, but, the, <laughs> but then again, maybe we don't know what the first literature was. No, exactly, this is probably not preserved. <laughs> and it's gone, so yeah, it's who gone. knows. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so before we go into, in, into that endlessly fascinating detail, so you mentioned psychology, so that would mm -hmm. be the psychology of games as 
influencing human behavior. I, I would yes. guess that this yeah. currently is yeah. something that yeah. Yeah. captures a lot of attention, right. Right. certainly right. in the media. But, yes, but already 35 years ago, psychologists were interested in games and they wrote books about uh, computer games we're talking about, right? So they, they, would, they would find them interesting as uh, mostly uh, of, uh, as, as perhaps ways to make children learn more efficiently, things like that. Oh, uh, the educational aspect. Yes. Is that another distinction? So a game is both a piece of entertainment, or a killing time mm -hmm. actually, mm -hmm. uh, but it can also be used or maybe misused as an educational activity? Um, is it still a game in uh, your... Yes, but, but again, if we don't limit ourselves to computer games, you could make the argument that schools, for instance, have always used games. Uh, in some sense. Uh, they have used them in physical education, they have used them in mathematics. Uh, you could say that it's a kind of a game to get the best grade. Uh, you know, so you, as soon the as there's a competitive element, right. it's a game, it's yeah. gamified if you want? Yeah. Oh, so grades, yeah. grades are a gamification exactly, of Exactly, learning. exactly. So, so it's always been there. And uh, therefore the idea that now we need more gamification in schools uh, seems to me uh, perhaps problematic. Perhaps we need less. Or perhaps it's okay what we have. So, and, and then, uh, so, so, but this complicates it because now we're not necessarily talking about computer games anymore. No. So, and, and the question then becomes, is, is the computer gamification of schools a good thing or is it not really an efficient thing? That's a whole discussion right there. Uh, I have strong opinions on that. I what's, have what's, too. Okay, <laughs> but let's not go there because maybe that's a different conversation. Maybe today. it is, maybe it is. Um, so, but, but there should, there is now also a psychological aspect about how people are influence in, in how people's behavior is influenced mm -hmm. by video gaming as a time-consuming activity. Yes. That's but also certainly part of game studies broadly construed? Well, it's actually maybe partly inside and partly outside because if you, if you, if you uh, look at what is typically called effect studies, so media effect studies, so what happens uh, to people who consume certain types of media, that is uh, a, a field which is not necessarily, uh, I mean, the people who do this don't necessarily see themselves as, as game uh, studies researchers. Probably most of them will not. Because this is an older field that is already established? Yes, exactly. This is a field... Inside psychology? Uh, it's or media we? psychology. Well, media actually, psychology. Well, actually, there's media psychology and then there's effect studies. And they might not even be the same either. So, uh, and then you have media researchers who also um, uh, uh, comment on this or, or, or try to, uh, to intervene in, in this kind of thinking. So that's, that's a... Uh, I, I happen to know that in the olden days women were suggested to not read crime fiction while pregnant because oh, right. the idea was that right. if you read uh, crime fiction while pregnant then your child becomes a criminal. Yeah, everybody think, knows that. Right? Yes, everybody knows <laughs> that. I think that's, that's a claim that we have rejected by now. I hope so. But, but there are other claims about how, right. how this influences behavior right. that exactly, exactly. certainly take a lot of attention in the popular press. Right, right. for instance, uh, games with violence will make people violent is, is one hypothesis. So my, my, my first reaction there that just a, a simple time study analysis should falsify that because what 20 years ago nobody played violent video games and today everybody as a first approximation plays violent video games right. but right. violence has declined well, uh, violence or is this an overly naive No, no, no I, th I think it's a, it's a fair assessment but then again uh, it, it, uh, there's a lot of factors involved in the, in the notion that violence has declined. Uh, which right. might be due to many other causes as I well. I see. But, but, but certainly it can't be, I mean, certainly you can observe that fact and then you can't really use it as an argument for the possibility that games make people violent. So certainly it's an indication uh, that ah. the, there's a null, null hypothesis. Okay. It doesn't. Uh, I, so I was being overly dramatic, but there's something there in that argument somewhere. I see. I mean, but, but you could say also that the, the people who have tried to research violence in games and its effect haven't done it uh, in a way which instills confidence in, in their method. And so it could still be possible, but when you look at what they've done, it's not very convincing. But if, if I was a sociologist, I would be all over that. That seems to be a, a very large, important thing that is more or less easy to study. Um, well, so the research is just yeah. not being done. There's a lot of moral panic and alarmism yes, about but, but, this. But sociologists are not too concerned with moral panics. That's the psychologists who are tapping into that interesting research opportunity, I guess. They, they are looking at, at media panics as... as or, or they are not looking at media panics, but they are looking at media effects in a way that I don't think sociologists would do. Uh -huh. I'm not a sociologist, uh, no. so I shouldn't speak for them, but uh, I believe there's a difference there. Uh, media sociologists might be, look at these things and, and from a very different angle than, than they affect psychologists and perhaps argue against it. Uh, so that, th this must also be part of economics now. I, I just uh, read about a single study where 
we can see that young, I think this is an American study, I have to look it up, uh, I think young American males are increasingly living at home and mm -hmm. increasingly playing a large number of video games and increasingly not interacting with the labor market, so they're getting increasingly inefficient from an econo economist's point of view. Mm -hmm. and this is a trend that we see often and many times, right. but the interesting thing is now they are not unhappy. So mm -hmm. there have been many periods of, of economic mm -hmm. crisis where uh, young males have basically not been able to get a job, right. Right. stayed at home, and were terribly depressed because of this. Mm -hmm. Now they stay at home and play video games mm -hmm. and are not terribly depressed. I, I'm unsure whether this is a good thing or a bad thing, and what is what the causality is here. Well, is, the yeah. is the access to amazingly uh, fascinating video games today contributing to the fact that these young men uh, aren't getting a haircut and a job, or is it the other way around, mm. that the economy today uh, is no longer able to absorb large masses of um, men with low labor market skills, mm. and hence they go to video games? Well, it's, it certainly is a good thing if fewer people are depressed. I mean, that's, yes. that, that, yes. that cannot be argued with, I guess. And then, and then you can say, so, so is, is, are video games keeping people happier or keeping them at home uh, unemployed? And I, I personally, I, I, I doubt that uh, we can blame uh, current uh, uh, employment numbers uh, on video games. Uh, uh, unemployment uh, numbers. Right, well, both. <laughs> it's certainly not part of traditional Marxist theory to blame this on, uh, on no, video games. No. No. But, 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 and then again, you can also look at games as, as a means, as a, as a happy means of killing time, as a fairly innocent means of killing time, uh, uh, you know, that has always been there, right? I mean, if, if we went to prison, let's say we were uh, put in a cell together, and no books, no TV, nothing, uh, what could we possibly do to keep ourselves no, entertained? Don't, we would, don't go we there, would, yes. We would play a game, right? <laughs> we would probably, we would, yeah. I, I hope we would just play a game, yes. yes. <laughs> um, so, and a non-violent game, hopefully. And, a non-violent game like chess or right, something right, serious right. because we're academics. Right, yes. right. And that would, that would keep our minds occupied. So we wouldn't, say if you were in a solitary cell, even worse, right? So, so you, would, you would be able to keep your mind occupied uh, in, a, in a better way than if you were going crazy because you were in solitary. Oh yeah, but so I'm, I'm uh, I at least pretend to be a mathematician. So for me, being solitary in a cell would right, and, and somebody right, right. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, that's the so dream for a mathematician. Of course, of course, of course. And games <laughs> would then help for the rest of us. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but maybe mathematics is also just a game. Um, so this was what sociology, psychology, mm -hmm. maybe economics. Mm -hmm. um, there is a creative, constructive, computer sciencey part to game studies as well, or is that something else? Well, yes, certainly there's game design. Game design, uh, uh, yes. yes. And, and, and uh, that is, and of course game development, I mean technology, right? So you have two very different things. One is game design and one is game technology. They often seem to be mixed and of course they need to be mixed if you want to create uh, a top-notch um, game these days. One certainly needs to inform the other because yes, there are... Yes, but they're not the same. That's, that's also important to... to so just spell this out for me. Pre well, I mean, pretend I, mean, I don't know the difference. Right, right. If you're a game designer, you, you design the systems which engage the players uh, on on a uh, you could say uh, functional level. Right? So I decide that Mario can jump, uh, yes, but not fly unless he eats the right. right pill. But you but you don't necessarily write the code to make Mario jump. So that that is uh, that is not necessarily the same thing. You could you could make uh, you could make a role playing game uh, just with pen and paper. You could write out all the the rules, all the descriptions, everything, and then you hand it over to a programmer who would implement. Right. It. So the game designer might as well. In some sense, design a board game. I mean, this yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. design of the board. It's about finding the rules. It's about engaging the, the players and making uh, meaningful uh, systems that that well makes makes interesting sense to the player. So, right. uh, so it's 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 like uh, systematizing or uh, systemic work rather than implementing the systems. Whereas the game uh, developer is, well. Basically, just a programmer. I say that no, with no, the no, greatest no, respect no. Yeah, for yeah, programmers. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, I teach programmers. Uh, uh, this uh, is really hard. And I have taught programming yes. also in <laughs> yeah. 30 years ago. Yes. So I know also something mm. about programming. Yeah. And yes, of course. But it's also about uh, creating assets. Uh, it's about uh, cr uh, making uh, user interfaces. It's about marketing. It's about understanding and uh, getting uh, access to intellectual property and, and handling that. So there's a lot of Things and that that's go into development. That's that's development yeah. and um, well production. You could say production, game production. 
which includes hiring actors or uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all uh, kinds of things like that. And, uh, is this still under the umbrella of game studies, or would, well, you, would you? No, no. Certainly, uh, studying the industry is part of game studies. Definitely is. Oh, so studying the industry. Yes. So uh, you mm -hmm. could say studying the markets, studying the public, uh, the audiences, studying. Uh, there's something called studio studies, where people study what goes on in a game studio. Instance. And that would be epistemologically comparable to studying the movie industry or the, yeah, or the publishing book, industry that's right, or right, journalism. Right, right. Or even sports. Right? So what happens? Or uh, even sports. Yeah, what happens? How, how do you keep yeah. a team together? That sort of thing. Right? There's all kinds of interesting dynamics that you can study. Oh, so that yeah. might not only be at a sociology school, but actually at a business school or something. I mean, probably, yeah. probably. Yeah. I, I don't know, actually. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and of course, esports, right? So then, then you definitely you have to apply, a, 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 for instance, an ethnographic perspective. Um, yeah. So tell us about that esports. That could mean two different things, unless I'm mistaken. But it could be mean it could be me playing a game where I pretend to mm -hmm. play football, and it could be me playing a non-sports game competitively. Yes, or a sports game competitively. Or, a, but then, right. then so, so, yeah, I, I, so, I was yeah. trying to find two examples that make right, the difference right, right, clear. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so, so uh, mostly when we talk about esports, we definitely talk about competitive sports, often team-based sports, not necessarily, but very often team-based competitive uh, 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 computer games that you play as though you were a sports person. So you play competitively, you are part of a team, it might be organized like any other sports Can team. you put some names on this? I mean, I stopped playing video games many years uh, ago. But well, oh, you mean uh, games, yeah, uh, games, types not, of yeah. games. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, a good old favorite is Counter-Strike. Counter right? So, so that would be an obvious first choice. First-person shooter where yes. you go around team shooting. Team-based shooter, yeah. Where you play two, two teams play against each other. in a 3D environment. Yeah. And, and one team wins and the other loses. And, and, and then, of course, you have more, uh, and that's, of course, cops and anti-cops or terrorists. Uh, you, have, you have other kinds of games. You have, uh, you have games like uh, FIFA that can be used. That's a, you know, a football uh, That's football one game. person against one person, or not? Yes. Am I wrong? Yes, that's, that's okay. right. So, so, so you can play that. You can play... Which is a foot, just for our audience who does not Simu spend their entire time playing video games. A football games. simulation It's a football game. simulation, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so, but any, any game could be used, uh, of course. But, but interestingly, these games are usually popular among audiences. So you want games that have an, an interesting visual appearance. Uh, uh, not necessarily for the sake of the players, but for the sake of making it an interesting experience for people who watch it. So that's, that's an important factor. Um, ah. so. I wonder what the parameters are there. So that's and that is esports. As soon as it's competitive, as a competitive video gaming is esports. Yes, yes, and it's it's becoming more and more uh, important, more and more uh, commercial. Uh, the the prices uh, are higher and higher. I mean, you can sponsors this. Yeah, I'm just uh, curious. Oh, I, I'm not an expert in <laughs> esports. I'm a, I, I have colleagues who know all <laughs> these things. I'm I'm pretty sure that it's sponsored by. Um, I mean, the usual suspects, uh, technology companies. Okay, so uh, it's a sociological phenomenon just like right. soccer is normally, and you can study that exactly. just like you yeah. can study yeah. soccer. Very much so. You can study what, uh, I mean, we, we had a, a great uh, uh, thesis uh, dissertation coming out of here. And Emma Witkowski wrote about, she was studying the players and how they uh, uh, cast themselves in, uh, in the roles of, uh, of sports athletes in a certain sense, right? They would have sponsored clothes. They would, uh, they would. Oh, the, play, the physical players yes, themselves, yes, the actual they, they human would, beings. Yes. They would, they would basically be, uh, if they're on a high enough level and successful enough, they are stars. They are sports stars. Uh, people look up to them. People uh, admire them, and they are hopefully well paid. And 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 you know, they some of them become very rich people. Um, In that little bubble. It's not a. It's not a small bubble. Oh no, no, no. I mean. I have children. But, they right. told me about mysterious phenomena right. like PewDiePie, who I never heard of, but right. who oh, seems to be one of that the is most a different phenomenon, which is right. Planet, yes. No, PewDiePie is, is an interesting, very different, but but still very uh, very interesting phenomenon. Oh, because he played games as well originally. Yeah, talk well, about that. He well, PewDiePie is the most successful YouTuber ever. He has uh, a sub. I think now it's up to 54 million subscribers, yeah. which is more than the there are people in South Korea. Uh, yes. Probably, <laughs> and, and and not only that, but it's. It, 
so he's the most successful YouTuber ever. So YouTube is a huge phenomenon, as you know, right? And the, and the most successful YouTuber is a game player, and there are many of those, but he's the most successful, and, and he's, I don't know how many more subscribers he has than the next one on that list, but, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of them. Uh, to, to compare, I think BBC has maybe five million subscribers, right? Uh, and, and, and a similar uh, difference in terms of how many views the, the videos have generated. So what would PewDiePie do? I've never watched a full oh, PewDiePie right. video. PewDiePie is a game critic, or was a game critic. He, he's branched out into, into various kinds of almost reality TV-like uh, entertainment. But he, is, he, uh, he plays games and he responds to games uh, in his videos uh, on, a, on a very uh, uh, visceral and, and, and fairly primordial level. So he, he responds. Um, while playing the game. While playing so, game. So when I, as a YouTube consumer, mm. watch a PewDiePie video, yep. I, I watch him playing the game. Yep. I see the screen and him, yes. or hear him. Yes, you see a little, maybe you see a little head uh, of his uh, as he is playing the game yep. as well. And, and, so, and he, of course, is, uh, to my mind, the most influential video game critic, computer game critic ever. Because he talks about the game while he plays it. Because he he uh, he, he showcases the games while by playing them, and then if you uh, say are a game developer, a game designer, and he plays your game, you're made. You're basically a hit because he has he has put the spotlight on your game. Unless so, he takes a dump on the game. Yeah, but he. But tends even not to do that actually. Tends tends so, so he is he is he is like uh, our time's uh, most successful critic, like like an influential critic, like in the art world Ruskin was in the uh, 19th century, right? So if Ruskin uh, wrote about your painting, you would be famous. And uh, PewDiePie has the same kind of effect. If if he if he uh, plays your game, uh, you are also getting a lot of attention. That means sales. That means success. Uh -huh. so, so he he is so much more influential than any other game critic who so say the, just writes a normal critical essay. So, so but like if that. I, so if I spend a few hours at the computer, why would I want to watch PewDiePie play Legend of Zelda instead of playing it myself? Uh, because he is he's quite entertaining. I mean, uh, you um, it's it's he's like a you either love him or you hate him kind of thing. So mm -hmm. he, he is he is he is uh, uh, fake. Childish, in a way. So he, uh -huh. he 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 creates a persona that is that is very iconic, very very easy to en be engaged by, and 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 in that sense. So the experience is more like me going over to a friend's and watching him or her play the game and interacting with them, and that's almost as yeah. good as playing it myself. In particular, if I don't really have time to. Right. It's time it's, to learn the game. Right. In, in general, when you watch people play, you learn a lot in a very fast time because they already know the game, so they can, they can show you how it's done. If you're sitting there with a whole new game, it takes a long time, perhaps, to, to get, if it's complicated enough, it will take you a long time to get into it. So you save a lot of time. By yeah, I, I heard things. somebody who said he likes video games, he just can't invest the time of learning the game for 16 hours to play it, right. but he actually wants to know what happens. Yeah, so yeah. seeing somebody else walk through the game and commenting on it is, uh, is a good waste of time. It, well, it's, it <laughs> might be very useful, especially if you're a game researcher like me. Oh, for <laughs> you it's perfect, yes, but then the audience would not be 54 million, because you're not that many, right? This is an emerging field which exists at ITU. Mm -hmm. It has always been a big thing at ITU. Yes, it and has, it has. It's built into the DNA, I guess, of ITU. Well, yeah, talk a bit about that. You have a research project now. Well, I mean, uh, the, the, the feel is one thing, and what we do at ITU is, is related, but, but, but uh, of course, uh, the, uh, a separate thing. We, there has been uh, research at ITU since the start. In 1999, uh, we got the first PhD in games, Lisbeth Krastrup, who, who, uh, who then uh, uh, defended her thesis in 2003, so, and this is at the very earliest years of ITU. So, so there has been an ongoing games research here from the very start. I mean, uh, Anke uh, Helms Jorgensen uh, was uh, associate professor here, and he, uh, together with uh, ITU management, saw the potential of games research at the very early stage. And therefore, ITU has played a very important role in the field because it was here before it was a field. You could yeah. argue that, well, you could argue what a field is, but, but to me, it is, uh, it is, uh, has to have 
some sort of organized activities. It's not enough that somebody is writing something. It has to be organized as, as, a, uh, as a sociological phenomenon, if you will. In the research community. I mean, yes, it has to exactly. be conferences, so, journals. Yeah. So you build a community and then you have a field. Yes. Or, or that those two things yes. go hand in hand. And so ITU had the first international computer games conference here in, uh, I think it was March 2001, mm -hmm. which is, you know, very, very early. And then uh, the same year we, uh, we created uh, and launched the first uh, peer-reviewed research journal, Game Studies. Uh, Which you were an editor of? I, I was, I was the editor-in-chief. Yeah, uh, you were the editor. I still am. Oh, I see. <laughs> after, se after 17 years. Uh, uh, so I should stop soon. <laughs> <laughs> And, and we launched it uh, internationally. Uh, we, I was then in Bergen, so, so that's where the server was. But when I got here in 2003, uh, then we, I brought the journal here as well. So it's been here since, since then. So we have the journal, we have activities of you and other affiliated researchers. There's an education program as well? Yes. Uh, so ITU got, uh, started its game education in 2005. So that's been now uh, 12 years. Uh, other places have had educations longer. There has been classes. Uh, I mean, I, I was teaching uh, games-related classes in uh, 1993. Uh, so it's been going on for a while, but of course steadily more in, uh, institutionalized uh, uh, more stable perhaps, more, uh, more of, of a field where people can relate to what other people are doing uh, elsewhere mm -hmm. in the world. And now we see uh, more and more countries uh, mm -hmm. having their own programs, establishing their own research centers and things like that. We also, uh, very importantly, uh, this year in Finland we got a center of excellence, a national center of excellence for, for game culture studies. Uh -huh. um, so that, that was also, that's a first in our field uh, and so it's, I would say it's going quite well, at least these days. It must be super exciting. I mean, uh, well, it's also yeah. a lot of work. <laughs> if you yeah, like. but that's why we're here, right? Well, well you could say that uh, science as ordinary business isn't that exciting and uh, there, are, there, are there are benefits of that. When you're creating a field or trying to create a field, there's a lot of extra work. There's a lot of... Uh, lots of tensions, a lot of stress oh, that yeah, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah, have yeah. And you, you know, when you're in a very management. old field like computer science, yeah. then, then you don't have that <laughs> anymore. <laughs> I'm sure An old feed like computer science, right. which is from the late 60s, early right. 70s. So, yes. so this is from the late 90s, <laughs> yeah. you could say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm already a dinosaur. Well, not you, but, and of but course, your field. Yeah, well, <laughs> my subfield is very different, right? Because my, so my subfield is a, is, a, is a very narrow discipline. Right. It doesn't right. care about the domain. Right. Whereas game studies, I guess, is a domain that unites a lot of disciplines. That is correct. And, and is disciplines correct. are normally where the tensions are. So I could imagine there are extremely exciting uh, discussions about what a good PhD thesis is. There are different tensions in disciplines and fields, right? So yeah. in, the, in the field, the, the tension would be between the disciplines. So, you know, yes. when, when, I, when I, as a humanist, uh, talk to a sociologist, are we talking about the same thing? Uh, probably not. And uh, if we don't realize that, then we're in trouble. Well, you, you might talk about the same domain, right? But you would, be comp you would not, not necessarily agree on what a truth claim is, how that is evaluated, mm. what good right. research is, right. what right. relevance right. is, and so on. Right. If we are talking about the same domain or the same phenomenon, then that might be a problem. But the, 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 the earlier problem is if we don't even realize that we're not talking about the same thing. Ah, yes. So when I'm talking about a oh. game, I could be talking about an object, something that you put on the table, something that you study uh, as a, kind of a text, right, an artifact. Uh, when a sociologist talks about a game, they talk about a human process, a social process perhaps, that's something, an activity. Playing the game. Yeah. Right? So now we are really getting close to the, the ontology of what a game is, right? Where, right. where, where, where you have to uh, speak with some authority. Before getting there, let's just get game theory out of the oh, way, yeah. right? Because right. that also exists, and that is actually a field that is, I kid you not, even older than computer science, right? Game theory is yeah. discovered by... John von Neumann in, I'm lying, I guess the 40s, yes, there's like a famous, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, audiences might know the movie with uh, John Nash, uh, A Beautiful Mind, yeah, which, yeah, is, yeah. which is the best popularization of game right, theory, right. which received a Nobel, again, I have to be careful, it's not a Nobel Prize, it's the uh, economics prize medal, in yeah. the economics medal in honor of uh, Alfred Nobel, so often called the Nobel Prize in economics. Wow. Yeah. 
we don't care. Right. <laughs> so, 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 uh, so and that's something else. Right? Yeah, Game and, and of course we were very envious for those two reasons. Right, you could get a noble something, and yeah. uh, they stole the notion of game theory, uh, which, I, uh, to me, uh, game theory, uh, mathematical, economical game theory, is about competitive situations and about knowledge uh, about a competitive situation. Yeah. How do you, uh, you know, if you don't have full knowledge of what's going on, wh what is your best strategy? That sort of thing. That's exactly what it is. Right. right. It's, right, it's, right. It's, it's, a, it's a mathematical right. model for yes. competitive yeah. behavior yeah. in settings where you either share some knowledge or don't share knowledge. There are famous examples like the prisoner's dilemma, yeah. which belong to yeah. game theory. But and it's I a branch of math, it's a branch of economics, and interestingly, it's also a branch of computer science today because, and, and highly useful in Google's auction system for hiring out ad space uses uh, ah, right, really right, cool right, game right, theory. Right, right. Yeah. So it's a much more general solution to a much more general problem. It doesn't mean that's not totally uh, oh, uh, nice. uh, uninteresting for, for study of, of entertainment games, uh, but it hasn't played a, a large role. Uh, some few people have tried to, to look at it. Uh, I wouldn't say they have been unsuccessful, but there's not a lot of, it, uh, of applications so far. Certainly for the cultural aspect, but I, I would guess there is a deep, uh, very narrowly in uh, artificial intelligence for video games, there may be actually game theoretic arguments. I don't know, uh, it could well be. And also yeah. if you are a team, uh, let's oh. say you're organizing an eSport team yes. and, and you need to know what are the others going to do, then there are probably many applications there. Maybe tournament design, that's game theory. Maybe also when, if we play Monopoly and I want, really want to beat but you. I would never uh, play, I've, I'm a good enough board gamer that I would never play Monopoly. That would be a terrible idea because it's a terrible game. That's the one thing we should get out of the conversation. Well, Don't yeah. play Monopoly. Okay, chess then. Chess, much better, yes. <laughs> Although yeah. chess, in chess yes. you have total uh, information. Total information, right? so, yes, yes. So in that sense maybe it's not so Oh, but useful. yeah, the first conversation on this podcast with uh, Trots Bialon, who is our uh, resident game theorist. That was about game theory of poker, and we talked right. a bit about chess right. as well. Right. 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 Uh, I just wanted to have these concepts out of the right. way because yeah. I think people are are excused by confusing game theory with game studies. Yeah, they, they should they should not. Yeah, they no. should. <laughs> <laughs> That's as simple as that. It's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. No. Right. Cultural studies. So now let's oh, the ontology of games. So you right and yeah. Ontology, Pre pretend I don't know what ontology is. What's the ontology of this table? Oh, uh, yeah, so ontology is, is basically theories about what is. Uh, how are things what they are and how do they... I mean, you could say ontology is many... It's at least three different things. It's, it's, it's um, the question, the bigger questions of existence. What does it mean that something exists? Uh, it, is, it is, of course, a specific theory about some, how, how things exist. And then you could say, when I talk about ontology, I'm more inspired by computer science and the idea of mapping a domain. So uh, when, you, when you implement something, you need the model of what that domain is, right? And, and that is what I try to do with games. I, I try to map the domain of games. What are the essential components and their relations in this domain? So, so when I talk, but of course I could also talk about it in a more existential way. What does it mean to play a game? What is a game deep down, essentially? Right. So, that, so that would be another application. So, I, I distinguish between formal ontology and existential ontology of games. Uh, I'm interested in both, but the, but which, which is which? Or could, could you give an example that well, I mean, makes I mean, it clear okay. what the difference is? Right. So, so if if uh, if I'm playing a game and there is an object in that game, let's say chess uh, piece. Yeah. Or well, well, let's let's use a more um, non-physical example. So, so let's say there is uh, uh, a sword, a sword in a fantasy game. Right, so what is the nature of that sword? Uh, that would be a uh, sort of existential question, ontological uh, question. What is the nature of a sword in a game? Is it real, uh, but not physical? Is it, is it uh, perhaps fictional, since it's not physical? Or what is it? So that would be, that would be a, a, an example of an, of an existential question. So uh, how can it not be fictional? What, what right, would be right, the difference right. between okay. the, the sword of might right. in Zelda and Narsil right, in The Lord right, of the Rings? Right, so, so one uh, is something that uh, you read about uh, in, a, in, a, in a story and uh, you can only read about it, you cannot uh, do anything to it, you know 
that Narsil has no equivalent in the real world. There is no Narsil anywhere. You, uh, it's an empty signifier in a certain sense, or, or a, a signifier of, uh, that points to a fiction, that points to something that does not exist. When you see uh, and, mm -hmm. and, and use uh, a sword in a game, uh, it is an object uh, that is, uh, in a sense, it belongs to you personally. It, it is not, I mean, if we play a game and you have a sword, I don't have that sword. And so you have a very different relationship to that object than I do, even if we play the same game. Because it helps me do things in the it game? Is, you could even sell it, right? If, if it's oh, that sort of... Oh, uh, I can sell right. it in World you of Warcraft. You cannot sell Narsil. I cannot sell... I can buy the replica of Narsil at the local nerd shop, but that's something completely different. That is something completely different. Right? Than yeah. the, what the signifier actually signifies, a, comp a yeah. physical object in, in real reality. Right, it would be a real object. A I mean, a physical object. Of which object. there a are physical, only 8,000. A physical object. So here's, here's, the, yes. here's the interesting question that, that games helps us see. Are things that are not physical not real? Right? So just because it's not physical, does that mean it's not real? Or, or, or what does it mean? So I mean, and we can translate this into other other areas. For instance, uh, Bitcoin, right? Is a Bitcoin real? Yeah. Oh, uh, very it's nice. Not physical. Okay. Ah, so uh, so let me try this. So yeah. so Bitcoin generates reality in the sense of that owning this completely unphysical thing allows me to buy stuff, yeah. uh, which is just a social convention between me and the other Bitcoin users. And if I acquire the mm. sort of might in some video game that I can use to beat you up, mm. uh, it also enables something, even though that all still just happens in virtual reality or in a fictional setting. Am uh, I using those words right? We, could, we, could, we, we don't have to use them. We could just talk about information objects. Right? They're, they're information objects in so, of some sense. Uh, okay. now, now, the interesting question is, when I do this, uh, look. Here is a Danish 50 kroner. Okay, you have now a physical 50 kroner in your hand. I have, an object. I have yes. an object. So wh why is this different from Bitcoin? Or is it? Right. There's something about this that is not just physical either. Or the money I generated in a video game where I also right. can acquire credit. Right. And you can work in a video game and you can translate the video game money to your uh, national currency of choice. And, uh, is this, and why is this different from fiction? Just spell this out for me. Well, right, because, because when you have fictional money or <laughs> when you read, right, about, when I read mo about money, you, there's okay. nothing you can do about it. I mean, you cannot earn the money, you cannot sell, uh, I mean, you cannot use that money. The, uh, the only people who can use fictional see, money I is see, fictional okay. characters. Okay, okay. So, and it really it's not important here whether it's a digital video game or a board game where I have small chits of wood or, or, or a paper. Or a casino. Where, you or know, a you, casino. Right. So, so here we or, have... Uh, or the terrible money in the terrible game Monopoly, which people should not play at home. Right. So there's <laughs> a certain difference here, and that is, of course, that the, the length of the game span. So in Monopoly, you play for maybe two hours or something like that, and during that time, the money acquires some sort of value uh, related to uh -huh. the gaming situation. Uh, nobody would sell Monopoly money on the street for anything like its uh, in-game value. But you can do no. that when yeah. the game is persistent, when it, uh, when it, uh, and, and like Bitcoin, right? When, when there is a system that maintains the, the, the uh, currency over time, then you can do that. I understand. Uh, and, and so, in, in, uh, and, and then of course the question is, what about single player games? What about games where you have some sort of uh, money system which helps you in the game, but it doesn't really help you out of the game? What then? What is, when, what then is the nature of that, right? Um, are, are we sure there is a is here? Are we sure these are questions and actually have answers? Are, are we sure that the question, what well, is the ontology uh, of money? We, uh, isn't that what the research is all it's about? All, it's what research is yeah. about, yes. Um, so we mentioned fiction here. So, mm -hmm. so, so games seem to differ a lot in what kind of narrative structure they have. Like well, there I should be I games like Tetris right. or chess in one extreme. It's, 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 it's complicated. <laughs> I mean, uh, so do games have a narrative structure or what kind of structure do they have and are all games the same? All right, so so some, some things that we call games are uh, in reality uh, hybrids between storytelling and gameplay. Uh, and therefore they are not truly just games either, they are something else. They are, they are in a sense a combination of different uh, modalities, uh, storytelling and gameplay. And, and of course if they can manage to integrate them well, then they are successful. Uh, but that doesn't mean that storytelling is gameplay, if you see what I mean. 
so, I, I so, think so, I'm getting so, yeah, that, right? Yeah. Because it seems to me also naively at least that uh, computer games are more or uh, are potentially more of a narration than a than an old-fashioned game like golf or poker or chess, right? I mean, I have to work very hard to 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 pretend chess to be an exciting story. Well, but, uh, but uh, the lot right, of modern right, video right, games yeah. that are yeah. uh, basically me following somebody else's script. I guess I'm, I'm not. I don't play enough to to, to, to be able mm -hmm. to point mm -hmm. to one. But I would guess there yeah. are games where I basically just yeah. follow yeah. a script, and I'm, it's a slightly more immersive. Uh, environment than watching the movie because there's Perhaps. some interactivity Perhaps. Perhaps. Or, or reading the book. Perhaps. I mean, immersion is another one of those those words that are not very clear, and they can mean many different things. But um, but let's stick to 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 um, uh, to gameplay and, and, and story. So if if uh, if you experience uh, somebody's uh, story when you're playing a game. Uh, that is, of course, not just a game. That is also storytelling uh, mm -hmm. in the game. So you can, you can, you have an integration of both these two uh, phenomena mm -hmm. in the same software package, if you will. So, so mm -hmm. since since computer games are uh, essentially software packages with assets, uh, What's an asset? asset would be a graphic, a sound, uh, uh, perhaps a three D uh, model of something. Uh -huh. So basically, the, the you know you could you could say the. Uh, Scenography, the decorations, the uh, mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. So, so then, if you have uh, uh, if you have a game, uh, if you have a piece of software that contains assets and, uh, of course, also uh, storytelling and gameplay, then it is not uh, just a game. It is also uh, it is also a storytelling device that happens to have a game in it, if you will. Yes. So, so that. Uh, so, so then, I, I sort of understand why the established. Models of theories or mm -hmm. ontologies of of literature mm -hmm. theory or literary theory yeah. are useful for understanding. They're games. useful and problematic at the same time. Right? So that because if you if you then confuse uh, software with both games and stories in it with software which just has a, a potential for action. So uh, basically, what we call a game. Uh, you know, th that's not the same thing. Right? I, I can they look see like why a same. game like Minecraft is, right. uh, is a really bad story. Or it's it's it's, it's, it's what's I, the story? I create There's the story, no story. Yes. Yeah. So so that's a, that's another complication. So when you experience something, do you then create a story? And I would say not necessarily. I guess when I buy a book, I have some kind of convention with the author that he or she tells me the story. Yeah, and then you and then you experience the story, and then you can tell me uh, another story based on that story, right? Or you can retell re re the story. But still, the author has a lot of power. I, I can't, oh, yeah. no matter how I read the Bible, Jesus is probably still going to be nailed to a cross at the end. I suppose so. Um, unless I skip that part, the, I guess. Or, or if oh, you, I could or, skip that part. Or if you find an apocryphal version, which, uh, in I, which it doesn't oh, oh. happen, right? So. <laughs> Right, yeah, that's but, a, that's okay, but if I read Harry Potter, then yes. okay, I, I didn't never finish that. I have no idea how it ends actually. But mm. yeah, if I read the Lord of yeah, the Rings, right. the ring is going to be thrown into Mount Doom. Yes, yes, yes. And I can't really do much about that. The, the, but there was a period in the eighties or nineties where you actually had these uh, books that you where you built your own adventure. That's right. right that's right. They were. They were. I, I played somewhat, those. As a yeah, kid. yeah, yeah. I, I have two of them. Uh, I used them as examples. Uh, but uh, the you just tell us about just to be sure. So what yeah. This is. Okay. So so they're called choose your own adventure books. Right? Choose your own adventure. Yes. 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 And, 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 and basically, they're like a hypertext where you sort of follow the links, but the links, of course, are page numbers. So if you uh, so you're in front of a building, uh, there is a storm blowing. Uh, do you go into the building or do you continue down the road? Choose uh, to go to page one if you want to go inside the building, that sort of thing, right? And then uh, I continue reading at page 19 because yes. I chose to pick up the sword or right. kill the dragon. Yeah. And then uh, there are lots of endings where you die. Um, right. Like a game. Like a um, so, so, but the, interestingly, these books uh, seem to have appeared after the first adventure games in the mid yes. 70s. So, so here is a, here's a, a book uh, genre that was inspired by a game genre. Uh, or, or a computer genre, game genre. The book genre died, didn't it? Well, didn't I it? guess... Because uh, now we have video games that do I, this I, I, much better. Probably uh, at some point uh, it was cheaper just to buy the kids a game than a book, maybe, yeah. I don't know. 
it could have been that. You mm -hmm. know, uh, depending, I don't know. I can't remember the prices mm -hmm. of these things. But but yeah, they, they were also limited, right? So they were they were quite simple. But I, uh, I had at least as a reader, yeah. I had some control over what happened to my. Character. Some control, yes, but but not a lot of control. I so followed a, a branching set of stories. Exactly, exactly. And then then it's then you are you now in charge of anything, or are you just uh, s choosing between alternatives? I don't know. Right. And, and Tell me. Well, I mean, uh, there's <laughs> there are probably simple mathematical models uh -huh. Uh -huh. for for how much you. Uh, oh, I, in charge. Oh. I, I haven't the seen those. The mathematics of existentialism. Um, um, I, I just, just need to know the entropy of the tree. Or, 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 and the, or the, the sort of a possibility space, right? There's a possibility right. space and it's very limited. In a, in a, in a computer game, uh, say a 3D computer game, you have a lot larger possibility space of movement, of action. Uh, in, in Minecraft, you have enormous, uh, uh, extreme level of, of, of freedom, if you will. And there's no goal, right? I can do what I want, or is there a goal? I've never there played is, Minecraft enough. For I mean, it depends on what you mean by goal. You set your own goals. Can I win it? Uh, no, I don't think it's possible to win Minecraft. I mean, you can. It depends on whether you think about winning against other players. It's it's also a multiplayer game, oh. so you can always destroy other people's buildings, ah. and uh, maybe that's winning for some people, right? So, so in a, in a certain sense, you and you can have competitions inside it. You could have the competition for the best building or something like that. But uh, it's not really, uh, and that is interesting, right? So, do games have to have winners and losers to be games? And I would say probably not. And, and Minecraft would be a good example of why it's not necessary. You, we do tend to think of Minecraft as a game. Rightly or wrongly, but it doesn't have a win condition. So games are entertainment. I'm, I'm trying. I'm not know. sure. I'm, I'm a game social. I don't know what a game is. Ah, yes. That's why we're here. Uh, so, um, I mean, it's, like, it's like a biologist who doesn't know what life is. Of course they don't. They don't know what life is. So, so computer games uh, are often single-player games today, right? More than they used to be before there were computer games. Is this true? You mean games? Games. Uh, right. Yes. Well, uh, yes. Uh, clearly, uh, single uh, again, it depends on what you mean by single-player game, uh, because you can always play a game with other people. We can yes. play uh, uh, single-player games together, right? Absolutely. And in fact, that was one of my earliest uh, experiences with, with um, adventure games. Uh, a friend of mine, across town, had uh, the Hobbits uh, on the uh, Commodore 64. Oh, I played on the Spectrum. Interesting. Right. There you go. Yes. I didn't it was have terrible to get back through Mirkwood. I never... Yeah. Probably. I remember that, yes. Yep. Gandalf picks up some lunch. Or yeah, so yeah, and Thorin sits down and, and sings about gold. starts singing about, about gold, gold. Yes. yes. Oh, very nice. Right, so <laughs> I, I, I found that game extremely intriguing, uh, but I didn't have a Commodore 64, I didn't even have a Spectrum. I had a BBC, uh, no, uh, the Acorn Electron, uh -huh. uh, which, uh, for which there was no version of The Hobbit. Oh, very sad. I know, and so what I did was, uh, this was Christmas time, and the weather in Bergen was quite bad. So As I it didn't, always is? Yeah, more or less. Mm -hmm. uh, not, not, in, not in May and June, or mm -hmm. half of June. But, uh, but uh, mostly, most of the time. Um, uh, and so what I did was, instead of traveling halfway through town, I just picked up the phone. And uh, I called my friend who had the game and we played it together. And he oh. told me what happened and I would help giving instructions and so on. So, so here, was, here was a video game that I played over the phone. See? Mm. So is this still a video game? Uh, today we play all those games over the phone, but the phone has become much better. Yes. Oh, you mean the internet? <laughs> yes, we yeah, mean yeah. the internet. Right, yes. right. But this was a sort of uh, play-by-voice sort of yes. thing. You're old enough to remember a time before the internet. Oh, uh, yes, I am. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Although it's, it's a good question, though, because I, I, I visited my uncle at Cambridge, and they had network computers uh, uh -huh. in the 70s. Uh -huh. So who knows? Yeah, who knows? <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, I want to learn a bit more about about sort of the concepts that you associate with games. And I understand that you're not really happy with how perfect these concepts map to game reality or game mm -hmm. fictional reality. But I mean, what is what is th these ideas of, of say fictionality? Is, yep. um, uh, to what extent? Am I, as a, as a player, the author of the story, and to what extent am I not? And what mm. Well, I mean, the, the question again, this, this now becomes a question, what do you mean by story? Yes. So, so do you mean uh, uh, experience that you have when you play a game? 
Or do you mean a story as in somebody is trying to tell you a story here because they clearly have mapped out your roots and you're supposed to follow it and maybe resist it, but in the end you, you are getting from A to B. Yeah. Um, talk, talk about the resistance because that's, that's yeah. an interesting thing. I mean, I mean ob obviously when, when, when uh, you want to have an interesting experience and somebody wants to give you an interesting experience, there might be a conflict there because the interesting experience you want, your goals, might not overlap with the designer's goals. Uh, and, and what do you do then? And what does the designer do then? Right. So, so it's in a sense there is your there's your game theory. <laughs> uh, right. There's a conflict of of, of um, and, and of course non um, uh, not complete information. Um, so, but in terms of story, uh, let's say. But why, uh, why would I not want to follow the game? What, what is what well, is uh, not the game, but the, the but whatever the somebody planned for you in that the, space. The character and the story that I'm yeah. supposed to submit to. Yeah. Why would you do that? I, mean, I don't know. As, as a game player, the, when you play a game, you want to be in control of the game. Or most people do, right? Uh, let's assume that's the standard. There are probably other modes that we don't need to talk, to, talk about. But, but as a game player, you want perhaps to win. You want perhaps to, to, uh, to rise to the challenge. You, you want to um, uh, perhaps also uh, do interesting things that you are curious about. And, and then the question is, what does the game offer you? And, and, but do the game designer also want to tell you a story here? Right? Um, my, my stance as a player seems yeah. to be different when I play golf than when I play a video game, right? Because when I play physical golf, mm -hmm. I don't think it's interesting to take the golf ball and walk uh, to the hole and put it in there because that's clearly cheating even though the physical infrastructure ah, allows me to do this but when you play a video game you don't mind about cheating <laughs> it seems to be that when I play a video game yeah. it sort of becomes fun to see how I can cheat the game right right, well, right. there's a strange exploit. glitch that I can exploit or I actually yeah, know yeah. no a code that I have exactly, to type. exactly so that becomes well, why, is, why do people behave differently here I mean I mean you basically golf is a very simple system and and uh, the, the system is basically gravity and and, and physics Right, and and you cannot really cheat it anyway. Uh, but but a game system is a complex, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, system <laughs> where where you where uh, there might be interesting possibilities that nobody has found out yet. Right, uh, and so you can discover things when you play a game that perhaps nobody's done before, and that becomes an interesting uh, uh, success story, if you will. So uh, I remember I played a game where I could, uh, by standing still in front of a, of, a, of, a, of a obelisk that generated skeletons, I could, uh, I could just, uh, because I had the right gear, the skeletons would attack me but die and leave gold. And I was with, with I, you doing nothing. Well, I, I was eating dinner or something, ah. right? So when I got back to the game, there would be a huge amount of gold in yeah. front of me because I had I had managed to figure out what is the best combination or, or very good combination of, of some type of gear for my avatar uh, that would kill the the skeletons automatically, and they would keep coming because I was close to this obelisk that would produce them. And so either the game had crashed when I got back, or I was very rich and also exp had gained more experience. So that was that was for me a, a wonderful moment where I figure out through hard work how to uh, beat the game uh, in a certain sense. Yeah, in, in some sense by cheating, right? Well, I wouldn't call it cheating. Uh, because who did I cheat? I mean, it's a single... Yeah, yeah. Can you cheat in single-player games? That's what I don't That's, know. Uh, yeah. Probably not. But, well, if I read a crime novel, I try to not read the last page because that tells me who, right. but then you're who only, the murderer was. Then you're probably only cheating yourself, right? Yeah. But, 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 but there's a very big distinction between just looking at the last page and actually creating uh, or inventing a, a, a system, a uh -huh. strategy within uh -huh. the system. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that, those, are, those are very different, at least for me. I mean, uh, yeah. or so you mentioned Avatar here, which is another thing where I would assume yep. there is a richer uh, concept of self or character than there is in standard literary theory. Well, sort of it's a very different thing. Uh, you could say a character is, is very different from an avatar. You, we confuse them often because when you are playing a game which is where you have an avatar, uh, they often also are characters. Not necessarily, but in many types of games, especially the, the, the sort of story game hybrids. You definitely uh, are playing with an avatar that also represents somebody else, uh, the, the main character. Because some choices are constrained or... Well, that depends on, on, the, on what the game thing does, uh -huh. uh, but, but perhaps yes. Uh, but but, but uh, you could define an avatar very simply as the, the, the in-game vehicle that you are represented by. Right? And that, that is not a character, that's just an empty shell. 
you could say we possess these uh, these uh, pseudo physical things, uh, but that doesn't make them characters unless you want to perhaps also role play as a character, uh, which is a different thing. Yeah. Oh yes. So you mean by intentionally doing things that are non-optimal in order to or, or, yeah, imbue or, or, the avatar with right. personality, or, or, or not something that is just basically what you would have done. But but uh, so if you but want. But I think that Pac-Man. Okay, I can. I can make Pac-Man more interesting by pretending that my Pac-Man is actually very scared of the right. of the pink ghost. Yeah, but not and, the others. And not the others, yeah. and tries to avoid right. them at right. all times. So yeah. never. Yeah. Uh, you can ah. also you can also role play a very bad Tetris player. That's very simple. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But, but if you just played, you might not want to do that, right? If you just wanted to to play uh, uh, Tetris in the ordinary way, you probably wouldn't want to do that. So you can role play anything. I can even roleplay sitting here talking to you. Yes, yes. <laughs> no, uh, I, I've played a lot of uh, pen and paper fantasy roleplays. Right, I, right, I, I, right. I, that's Probably more than me then. My, yeah. Absolutely my favorite genre. Right. Okay, I promised myself to not let you go before you explain to me what a ludim is. Because oh, I uh, like memes and right. I found this word by in preparing this, I, I need to understand it. Okay, well it's, it's perhaps not easily understood and uh, perhaps we already talked about it. Because Test if, me. Well, <laughs> I mean, uh, if, you, if you think about what we talked about with money, Right? Or, or, or in-game objects that are not fictions, but still not physical. Uh, so how do we understand them? How do we make sense of them? And how do we uh, distinguish them from, say, uh, things like fiction? So, uh, and it doesn't have necessarily to do with the computer games either. For instance, when you play chess on a board, uh, there are chess pieces. What do they represent? What is the thing that... What, so the chess king, what does the chess king... Physically, the token on the board, what does it represent? It does not represent an algorithm, right? No, it represents it, states of a rule system? No, it's not necessarily that either. You could say that the, the setting of the board will represent the state of the, of, of, of the game, but, but the piece itself, what does that represent? And, and, and one explanation for that is, well, it's, it's an in-game uh, entity that we could call uh, sort of a, a game unit, or, or uh, as, as you know, uh, a grapheme or a, a phoneme. It's a ludeme. It's a, it's, it's a ludic uh, entity. Oh, I see. It's it's yeah. ah. So it's more like a phoneme, phoneme yeah, than it's a, like a meme. It's a, it's, a, it's it's a separable unit it's of, a of meaning, unit in, of meaning. In, in, in the game. Um, ah. The question is: Are we then talking about something exclusive to games, or are we talking about things like Bitcoin as well? Right. Or even money, right? So, so okay. So some of the, some of the uh, concepts of computer games, or let's call them memes of computer games, they have traveled back into into normal life. Like we talk about leveling up our skills in math, or mm. but uh, that, but up then of course the question is, does it come from games, or does it come from say the military <laughs> or something like that? Right? You level up as you as you become oh, a yeah, higher rank, yeah. or in the university. Come on. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. Good. So so the, the, so that's also a question. Where does come from and, and where do they go? Um, but uh, but the, the, the question I have about Ludims is, is there something uh, that we can claim belongs to uh, or can be understood in t only in terms of games? Or is, it, or is the chess king uh, that is represented by the piece but is not the piece? Because if you burn the piece, you can still play the same game on. Right. So oh, how delightfully right. complicated. Uh, uh, so let me see if so I get this right. I, mean, when I could play chess yeah. just by talking to you. If, yes. we, if, yeah. if we were sufficiently good yeah. players, we could just talk. I'm not, but you might be. I, I'm so, not either. So C42B1? No. no, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Maybe, but something like that might, yeah. might make sense. Right, right. Yes. And then we are still uh, thinking in terms of these uh, chess pieces, except that they're not physical anymore. Oh, but we right? have... But what are they? Help me now. My semiotics really sucks. We now have a signifier that points to... Uh, an object in, in, in within a system. So it's, it's a, there is there is a closed system that we call chess, and uh, in that system there are uh, 32 pieces, if I'm uh -huh. not mistaken. Yeah. And uh, each of them uh, are distinguishable, uh, but not physical, right? But that right. doesn't mean that they're fi they're definitely not fix fi fictional, right? They are just conceptual uh, in a certain sense. They're conceptual oh, we objects. Are manipulating a shared con we are manipulating mm. some shared set of concepts yeah. about what a chess game is. We might yeah. have a physical board uh, mm. where we have a yeah. physical piece of wood that represents the yeah. position but of the king. But that's not the game. 
that's not the game. That's just a memory aid for us. That's a memory aid for us. It might actually be uh, pixels on a computer screen, same, or if we are sufficiently good, we would uh, just talk about it and keep the right. entire state right. in our brain. Yeah, blind chess. So, and if we, if I try to then project that on all computer games, so the question you want to answer mm -hmm. is what the Ludim what represents? I mean, what, how do we, in, in terms of cognitive, uh, I mean, in terms of how the brain works, uh, uh, is this phenomenon part of a larger phenomenon or is it just something we find in games? And I, I tend to believe it must be more general than just game related. And, and, and uh, our, des our desire to affix meaning to certain... Uh, con uh, abstract, or, or, or not necessarily abstract, but, but, but uh, non-physical... Uh, but yet real uh, phenomena. I mean, uh, a parallel would be numbers. So uh, the number one. Yeah. So that that's also one of those entities that we can we definitely believe it exists. But what sort of existence is it? Right. Where does number one uh, reside? It, uh, you can uh, when you put the number one on a piece of paper, uh, it it doesn't suddenly appear. Uh, nope. uh, right. And when you burn the paper, it's still there. So, so, so maybe that is the class of, of uh, objects that we're talking about. There is a platonic ideal of uh, video games out there and our games are just uh, mere shadows of these perfect games. Or, or, or when, we have an, uh, when we experience something in, in our reality, uh, why would we only uh, relate it or reduce it to physical entities? I mean, even even concepts like friendship, right? So, where where do you, that we you we wouldn't we wouldn't assume that friendship does not exist, uh, just because it's not uh, <laughs> physical, if you will. Oh, and that's actually represented in some of. Um, I'm the only game I'm playing right now is Legend of Zelda, where my friendship with my horse actually has a physical representation. I can see that because there's some meter that tells me how, right, how, much, right. how many carrots I've given to my horse and then it's slightly happier to be written right, by Right, right, right. So, so there is an entity that is, in a sense, residing in the game engine, if you will, right? Mm -hmm. And, and you, you, uh, you are presented with an image on the screen that represents this entity yes. in the system. Uh -huh. So there is also where it is. So if, if somebody uh, you know, managed to, to, to remove that entity from the machine, uh, then it would also be gone from, from your reality. Okay, but is the game then the system of rules? Or am I still simply still Well, it's, it's a mechanism. It's, I wouldn't call it rules. I would say, it's, it's, it, as you know, computers are not necessarily rules systems. They're machines, um, right? Yeah. They, they, mm -hmm. uh, they don't follow rules. They, they just do what a machine does, for better or worse. So, so somewhere in there, 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 are, um, there is uh, a system which we can then uh, observe from the outside via whatever the interface device is, a screen or, or sound or some other thing, like a pieces on a, on a, you know, on a chessboard. Hmm. Uh, but, but the system, uh, is it platonic or is it just conceptual? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean we, we don't have to believe that these things exist independent of us to believe that they exist uh, in a way that we relate to, uh, in a non-fictional way. We might, it might be what the Gibson, William Gibson, the you know, cyberpunk author would call that, consensual hallucination. Uh, but then, then that's... Oh, that's a great concept. Right, but, but then... Is that, that in Euromancer or where is this? Uh, yeah, I believe it is. Yes. William Gibson? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. no. So, so uh, but I don't know if... If, uh, but then you could call mathematics a consensual hallucination. Oh, I would be happy. I would <laughs> but, be happy. Uh, but the question is, is it yes. a hallucination or is it just uh, a very uh, robust uh, convention that, uh, I mean, if, if you ignore it, it doesn't go away, as Philip Dick would say about what is reality, right? That which, when you ah. stop believing it, it doesn't go away. So, so I don't believe in number one anymore. Well, you right, know. But <laughs> I, still, I still do, and yes. Yeah. So it's not really a hallucination. Uh, it's something else again. Okay. Maybe Great. language will, would also be an example of that, right? So we, we, we definitely don't, don't deny no. the existence of okay. words, even okay. though we might disagree on what they mean. And, okay, so pre Great, so to tie, to tie this up then, games and video games in particular are certainly part of reality now. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, to a very large extent. To a very large yeah. extent. Everybody plays them, almost. If you don't play games, you're probably not normal, unfortunately. <laughs> Just one closing question. Uh, I guess literary studies, at least traditionally, focused on the highlights of the genre in some sense. This may not be that true anymore because it has become cultural right, studies right, right. and there's probably just as much written about Harry Potter as about 
war and yeah. peace. But, but there has been, at least traditionally, some kind of ennobling... Oh yes, and, and of course this comes from the study of the Bible, which started it all as a, oh. as a science, right? So, so you have exegesis... Oh, it's exegesis first, right? and then and literary. Then, and, then literary and then suddenly people started using those tools on things that were not religious texts. Uh, and of course, the, but, but still with the ideology of, oh, this is a great text. Uh, so right, but, not, but I, I guess the point the I classics. want to make is that yep. not all texts are great, and, and mm. I, I, I yep. read um, uh, quite broadly, and there are certainly some books that I can see um, would survive a critical approach, or actually that, that, mm -hmm. that sort of mm -hmm. right. uh, mandate, sure. or at least um, w w where it makes sense to think of them as cultural artifacts, oh, yeah. try to find an right. interpretation. Right. Right. And there are other books, which I also read a lot of, yep. where it would be a complete waste of time and just yeah, yeah. would be yeah. a joke yeah. in order to, yeah. to, to try to seriously sure. study that book. Well, or at least if you study it, there must be another reason for it. There must be another yeah. reason than, yeah. than the contents. Yeah. The, bu the book itself has no, pre no ambition of being interpreted that no. way. No, probably not. Or, or maybe it has, but it failed. Oh, right? But it failed, <laughs> yes, yes. Is, yeah. is the same, uh, what should we call this, uh, snobbism or elitism, something that emerges in video games as well? Of are course. There, are, are there games by now that are classics? Uh, that yes, yes. And, I, and I, you know, like it or, or dislike it, I'm not particularly interested in creating a canon of great games. I don't think that's my job. I mean, that's the job of the critic, not the theorist. This right. is the job of PewDiePie. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, or, or people, maybe also it's, it's the job of, of game historians who want to to see how games evolve, how they influence each other, uh, what, uh, where do certain mm -hmm. phenomena start uh, and uh -huh. stop. Again, not necessarily the same thing as creating a classic canon. Uh, but, but to me, games are not just works of art. They are also, uh, in a sense, technological systems. And, and, and so, it, for me, it becomes interesting to see what, what are the uh, achievements of, of game history in terms of its conceptual technology. For instance, the, the most important computer game of all time, you have played it, it's Dungeons and Dragons. The pen and paper game. Yes, because it has influenced almost every computer game genre uh, after uh, in these years. I mean, the, the role-playing, leveling I mean, up, uh, you know, team-based uh, uh, collaborative play. Oh, strong narrative element where right. you still have some freedom. You know, experiencing uh, uh, a oh, certain quest structure, okay, so things like that, mm -hmm. right? So, so this, is a, this is a game which, ha or, or a game system perhaps, D20, whatever you want to call it, mm -hmm. that has uh, launched a thousand games. Uh, and so it, it must be super important, but it's technically not a computer game, but who cares? Excellent. So it would. So if we're done, then we can just round it off, play, telling people to go home and play more pe pen and paper based role playing games. At least know your game history and study know it. Know your game yeah. history. Aspen, thanks a lot for coming, and thank you all for listening. Bye. My pleasure.